Welcome to the 2OC. This special edition is the second installment of interviews from WonderCon 2019. I'm Alan Flores. Welcome back, guys, for another installment of interviews from WonderCon 2019. I hope you enjoyed that episode I released a few days ago. Uh, this episode, I spoke to Tom Bilyeu. Um, So a little background. Uh, he is a filmmaker and serial entrepreneur who chased money hard for nearly a decade and became emotionally bankrupt. He realized that the struggle is guaranteed, but the money is not, so you better damn well love the struggle. Uh, to that end, he and his partners sold their technology company and founded Quest Nutrition, a company predicated not on money, but rather on creating value for people. The company mission was to end metabolic disease, one of two pandemics currently facing the planet. Despite not being focused on money, Quest exploded, becoming a billion-dollar business in roughly five years, making it the second-fastest-growing company in North America, according to Inc. Magazine. Uh, so the company he founded, which I spoke to him at WonderCon, is called Impact Theory. Impact Theory is a first-of-its-kind company designed to facilitate global change by creating, cultivating, and monetizing culturally relevant content focused on human empowerment. The company's mission is to end poverty of poor mindset by enriching our society with ideas and objectives that positively impact the world. Impact Theory is committed to bringing together some of the most talented creators, writers, and artists in the industry to tell stories of human potential. In 2018, the scripted division released Neon Future, the first comic book series created in partnership with two-time Grammy-nominated DJ and producer Steve Aoki. Neon Future is set roughly 30 years in the future in an America that has outlawed advanced technology. The series explores relevant themes of culture, technology, and where the human species is headed on a much deeper level. Neon Future has secured nationwide retailer and digital distribution starting March 2019. The studio is also plan- has plans to release two additional comic book genre series. So the more I looked into Neon Future, the more it interested me, the more I, I thought this is more than just some uh, sci-fi comic book that just happens to have Steve Aoki attached to it. Uh, I read more in the background of it, and I was like, you know what? This this seems legit. This seems like something I've I'd be interested in. That I, I'm personally very into the future of humanity, where we're going, technologies are currently being researched, uh, developed, some stuff that we might not even hear about. Maybe we'll hear a small little whisper before either a we think the technology failed, or b maybe it got bought out by a government and got silenced. Uh, so a little bit about Neon Future. Uh, Neon Future takes place nearly 30 years from now. In response to a global academic crisis, the U.S. has enacted Article 10, commonly known as The Return, which made all advanced technologies illegal. The Return promised to create jobs by eliminating the technology that had displaced so many workers through automation. But the lasting result has been an increase in the classified, blatant bigotry, and a war between the augmented who have chosen to integrate technology into their bodies, and the authentic, who have not. Out of the systemic oppression of the techno-class, a resistance movement known as Neon Future was born, led by the mysterious Kita Sovi, inspired by Steve Aoki. Uh, They strive to bring peace by showing the world a brighter future in harmony with technology. So that's the, the premise of the comic book, that I was like, you know what? This might be something legit, um, I must say this is a very fun interview. I'm glad that I got to speak to the founder, Tom Bilyeu. It was a fun conversation. I mean, it was only about 14 minutes, but 
it we crammed so much stuff into those 14 minutes uh it i mean some of the stuff we just covered was uh of course we covered neon future uh the final wishes you know cryogenically frozen do you want to live forever uh some sort of other immortality technology or you know or do you want to be organic for the end of time uh a lot of the stuff we talked about it's as he mentions in the interview it's science fact it's not science future it's stuff that we're almost there we the technology is proven we just need to to develop it further um we talk about ray kurzweil michio kaku elon musk uh if you're into future tech if you're into futurism you know those names also in an interview we talk about artificial intelligence the future of humanity and the future of humans themselves uh which ties in very well with the common book neon future uh there's so much more we talked about but you know what let's just start the interview and uh we'll take it from there enjoy So my name is Tom Bilyeu, I'm the co-founder and CEO, and the company got started because I've had a long-standing dream to pull people out of the matrix by giving them an empowering mindset at scale, and I think the only way you do that is through storytelling. So yeah, I've been trying to build this company for like 16 years, so the fact that we finally had a chance to do it, that we had built enough capital through my previous company, which was Quest Nutrition, which my partner and I took from not existing to being valued at over a billion dollars in five years. And two and a half years ago, I exited that company to start this. And is this gonna be just comic books or what media are you gonna try to get into? All of it. So comic books, books, uh, movies, TV shows, ultimately video games, but certainly not now. You have a wide vision there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Talking about Neon Future, what is it and what's the synopsis of it? So Neon Future is set 30 years in the future in an America where advanced technology has been outlawed and our story kicks off when the world's most famous anti-tech crusader dies and is resurrected using the very illegal technology that he was trying to eradicate. And is that where Steve Aoki comes in? Yeah, so he is the mysterious uh, character Kita Sovi who represents the underground resistance movement that's trying to show the world how to use technology in a positive way. So how did this idea, how, how did you get in contact with Steve? How did the, this all come together? So I have an interview show called Impact Theory and he was a guest on that show. We connected, really hit it off, and in researching him I realized that in real life he plans to be cryogenically frozen when he dies. And I just thought that was so interesting and I thought, what would it be like if somebody with his level of compassion actually had the ability to bring people back from the dead? And so I pitched him on the idea and then we got together, collaborated on it, built out the whole world, um, all the characters, character arcs, brought on Eisner award-winning writer Jim Kruger and turned this into a full-fledged script and, and comic and yeah, it's been amazing, but that's how that started. Okay, so I'm surprised that he would prefer to be cryogenically frozen. I thought he'd be more of the downloading his consciousness into a server. So well, I think he's trying to plan for just in case he dies before okay. technology is at that stage. What about you? What's your idea? Well, to be honest, so I really do want to live forever. Okay. Um, I don't think that uploading your consciousness, though, is the same as living forever because there's some part of you that still has to die. So unless you can you do, do it, you need like, some sort of level right of amnesia, at the moment. Right? Yeah, like so. So that would be. Um, yeah, that would be a trip. So I would prefer to live forever, probably by becoming, well first for say the next hundred years, you're gonna be 
um, growing your organs, replacing them, gene right. editing. But then ultimately, I think the only way forward is to become cyborgs, which is part of what we deal with in the story. So organ 3D printing is going to be on your radar too. Oh, for sure. It already <laughs> is. I mean, they're already yeah. printing bladders and... I think they did a heart recently. 3D printed? Heart with... Uh, they use the cells from a... a, a a plant uh, like a plant leaf because wow. it has the capillaries it has the interesting so they just got all the um the chloroform out, chlorophyll out of it and that way you just have the mesh of the leaf that's incredible yeah wow yeah so i mean that stuff like cutting edge science is already extraordinary that's why a lot of the book we base it on science fact so you yeah. don't have to leap too far to talk about neural implants and things like that it's already happening yeah so then that's kind of i I got some information from your uh, PR person uh, that Ray Kurzweil uh, is an influence on the comic book in that world. Uh, I didn't see any mention of Michio Kaku. Have you heard? Have you read him in his futuristic works? I have. I've I've interviewed him. So he was also on the show. Extraordinary thinker. Yes. Um, his whole book on how to build a mind is very very interesting. Or sorry, that's Ray Kurzweil. Yeah. Um, but Michio, the I want to do a book with him, which I think would be a lot of fun because he thinks that at around the age of 12, people that have a natural interest in science fiction end up having that enthusiasm and curiosity beaten out of them by the school system. Um, so he would be somebody that would be a lot of fun to work with in terms of popularizing the science and making it more accessible. Um, yeah, that would be cool. So do you think that Michio's vision of the future is a little bit more optimistic than what's shown in your comic book? Well, I think that... What I find interesting about Michio's theories is that basically civilizations are broken into phases, if you will. Right. And so if we're like a pre-phase one society, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen in that before you get to a true stage one um, and then build your way to being able to harness the power of a star and then yeah. being able to harness a galaxy. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. So I won't say that he's more optimistic because I'm very optimistic, as is Steve Aoki. We're just dealing in that moment now where it's like, do we destroy ourselves or yeah. do we keep advancing to become that level of a species? And so I really believe we can get there, but we have to understand that there will be a trough of, of what they call a trough of despair. And our job as a civilization is to get beyond that. So in reading the, the synopsis of, uh, of Neon Future, I do see there's a lot of tech politics in there. Anything going on right now that inspired that or kind of blended into it? Yeah, I mean, to say that it's inspired by something that's happening right now would be a bit of an exaggeration, but there's clearly themes of race that we're dealing with a lot. So we've abstracted it and we're talking about it in terms of augmented people that have put technology into their bodies and the people who have not. Um, but you'll definitely feel the undercurrent of that tension that is in society very much right now. Well, we're kind of seeing it now with biohackers, right? Yeah, I think that that is the first step of what's going to become a, a very big division in society. And I think that if you flash forward 50 or if you're really sort of techno-pessimistic 100 years from now, it's inevitable that people will begin to augment their bodies. People are already doing it. Um, so when you exacerbate that and think about that getting pretty intense, going all the way to neural implants, which there's two very credible people already working on that. Um, Elon Musk and a guy named Brian Johnson both have companies around neural implantation. 
Uh, so man, it just really isn't that far off. So I think there will be a bifurcation in society where some people say, absolutely not, over my dead body, I will never augment myself. And then you can have people who are early adopters that do some pretty radical stuff very soon. So you brought up Elon. Now he is very uh, future-minded in the sense of pushing technology, we shouldn't settle what we have. However, he's also one to say that we need to regulate artificial intelligence research. In your world, do you think Elon would be, on what side on what side would he be on? Well, the interesting thing is Elon clearly would be on the side of um, Neon Future, Kita Sovi's character. We modeled it after Nelson Mandela, who's trying to find a third way, who's not saying technology is the only way, but is also not willing to be oppressed and is trying to find that place where technology and humanity can coincide. So I think that definitively he would be on that side. But the interesting thing is Elon has also given up. He's like, my. I tried for years to get legislators to take seriously the problem of AI, and he said that just no one will listen. Right. And it, it's very sad, but intriguing that somebody as persuasive and powerful and credible as him still can't get people to listen. So it's scary. He has the money, he has the intelligence, he has the influence and still can't get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of brings me to the next question. Right now, we, as technology advances, people live longer and longer, and there's some beliefs saying that that immortality is only going to be for the wealthiest. Does that play into neon neon future? No, we don't. We don't touch a lot on the financial divide. But here's the reality of all technology: it starts for the rich, and then it starts to demonetize and democratize, so it becomes available to many more people as the cost of that stuff goes down. So, I mean, the great news is real wealth is only ever generated when you're creating something for the masses. So the greediest people on the world are trying to make their product available for a lower and lower cost. And if you look at two of the wealthiest people in the world, you've got the Walton family that created Walmart, and then you've got Jeff Bezos who created Amazon, both of whom are fighting tooth and nail every day to make things less expensive. So yes, it certainly makes them more and more wealthy, but it also makes a higher quality of life available to more and more people. So um, you can always count on technology getting cheaper over time it just always freaks people out that it starts as something for the wealthy but that's the nature of creating something from nothing it's really fucking expensive yeah, it is. and so to create that stuff you have to go to clientele that can pay an astronomical sum for it so if you think about what's going on like in the food industry where they're trying to cultivate meat from cells without ever having to raise the cattle mm -hmm. so the very first time one of those burgers was made it cost something like three hundred thousand dollars for a burger because they're coining the the research of R&D everything goes into that one burger but gets divided smaller and smaller as they right increase. so once you have the technology then you can work on making it cheaper there's no money to be made selling a $300,000 burger your best hope is to lower your losses right so you only make money when you make the burger for you know two for 99 cents so it's like but it takes years of research and development and breakthroughs and breakthroughs in places people don't think about like manufacturing making new equipment like all of that shit is really hard and yeah. really expensive somebody has to put the money forward first Exactly. <laughs> uh, much like your company here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is all a loss leader. So people don't understand the comic book industry, everyone in this industry hemorrhages money. Yes. Like this is all about, you're trying to create something for eight. There's only roughly 250,000 people in the U.S. that buy comic books. You can't build a business on that. Right. Like that's the craziest thing in the world. So everyone's trying to create IP that can be monetized in some other way, whether that's t-shirts, plush toys, or movies and TV shows. It's like merchandise. every, every right. single person person here has got to to survive get beyond the book itself yes I agree with that too 
so just kind of tailgating, and I think you already kind of answered this early on, but your views of the future, do you think it's uh, optimistic, uh, a little bit think something to be scared of, or it's gonna get it's gonna be bad before it gets better. It's gonna be bad before it gets better. I don't think there's any question about that. But it is going to be extraordinary. The period of time that's gonna be rough is gonna be relatively limited. Humans are insanely resilient. I don't think that time will be any more devastating than periods that we've had in the past. We're gonna have to take it seriously. There's gonna be a rough patch that, like I said, the trough of despair in that moment where people didn't take it seriously enough. I'll say in the next certainly 10 years we're going to lose 20 million jobs to AI and automation. That will disrupt the economy in a way that people don't yet understand. We're talking potential Great Depression levels of, um, you know, of a, a recession. But just like we survived that, we will survive this. It will be five to ten years of pain. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. But we will come out the other side. We'll build better, stronger. Um, but yeah, we have to be willing to, you know, go through that hard time. If knowing what I know historically about human nature it's like people don't respond until they're forced until there's enough pain that they react so unfortunately I think AI and automation will create that and that's exactly where the book is set in that moment where it's like okay this this is a hard time but there is a way out of this and that's what our book wants to explore yeah, but there is something a light at the end of the tunnel exactly there. Yeah. all right um, I don't think I have any questions for you. That's cool, great, man. Great well, conversation. Thank you so much. That was a great conversation. I don't often get to talk about. All right, buddy. So that was my interview with Tom Billu. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, there, there was two points where I'm kind of kicking myself for. Um, the first one was during the interview, uh, we were talking about you know, what, what, what would, what we would like to happen either before death or at death. And I interrupted him and I'm kind of kicking myself. I feel like I, I, I made him lose his train of thought. I was just so excited that this guy really knows his stuff. And it's something that can, you know, speak to openly about this, uh, without, you know, either a them thinking that I'm in some sci-fi nerd, which in a way I am, but you know, future tech, it's real. Um, or just them not being able to keep up uh, the second part where I'm kind of kicking myself is uh, the end there where he was, uh, I guess he felt the same way. He he was enjoying the conversation as much as I was. Um, I think a lot of people kind of go into those interviews thinking that uh, they're going to talk to Steve Aoki or, you know, they, they focus on the Steve Aoki aspect of it, missing um, the richness of this property, the, the writing, uh, what this, the significance of the comic book and how much it's 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 now you know that's that's where we are right now anyways uh i hope you guys follow them on twitter uh at impact underscore theory uh there's also uh the comic book the comic book twitter handle it comics and also you can follow tom directly uh at tom Billu uh on twitter um you can also go to their website impacttheory.com to find out what else the company is doing besides comic books uh, and then as for us, you can follow us at the 2OC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can send us an email to mail at the 2OC. Uh, let us know how you think about these, what you think about these interviews, about future tech. Just, you know, speak your mind, follow us, let us know what you're thinking. And I think this wraps up our interviews for WonderCon 2019. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed them. For the 2OC, I'm Al Flores. Have a good one, guys. Yeah.